This is the Fearless Launching Show. Today, we're going to be talking about content, specifically launch content leading up to and during your launch, even after your launch. We're also going to be talking about something that I recently cut from my publishing schedule because it did not fit and it did not pass my guidelines. So if that sounds interesting to you, keep listening. The Fearless Launching Show was created to answer the question, how can I launch my big idea to the world in the most simple, straightforward way possible and reach more of the right people? I'm your host, Ann Samoylov, and I've been helping six and seven figure business owners launch for over a decade. And while I love geeking out about improving launches, new launch strategies, what's working, what's not working, I'm also obsessed with exploring the heart, the mind, the challenges of running your own business. And that's what we're going to do each and every week. I want to show you how to launch that course or coaching program or other creative work and navigate the journey of being an online entrepreneur. So if you're ready for some new perspectives, some new stories around launching, well, I can't wait to share those with you. Let's get into today's episode. Today, like I said in the intro, I want to talk about content, specifically launch content. You know, the stuff that we write and we publish and we share and we send leading up to and during launches, okay? And even after launches, we're going to talk about a little bit. So if you've ever felt at a loss for what to share, you know, in between launches, during your launch, before your launch or after, today is going to be great for you. Before I dive into what the guidelines are that I follow and that I think will help you and and help you kind of establish a, a different way of approaching your content, uh, I want to share a little story. It's story time. Gather around, children. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I teased a post about something I'd been hiding for 20 years or pretend, not pretend, not hiding, but I wasn't talking about for 20 years, something that I'd felt ashamed about for 20 years, blah, 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 blah. Well, I went to go record it and I was just like, gosh, this just feels so self-indulgent. And yes, it's a true story and I'm sure it will connect with people. It's not that it won't, but what does it have to do with them? And, you know, in the actual episode, I did tie it back to how we all shame ourselves or feel like we can't show all parts of ourselves and all of that. But the truth is, I just felt like it was too loose, too loosey-goosey of a connection. I wanted something straight up. Now, spoiler alert, just in case you were like, well, Anne, what is the flippin' shameful whatever story? And really, it's not a shameful story. The shame in one short sentence, so it does not eclipse this entire episode, is that I have really rejected my age and hidden it in lots of situations, social and otherwise, since I was 30. Do the math, okay? And I've never felt proud of that. But this last year or two, I've been feeling like, why would I even do that? That is so 
I kept saying to myself, that's so stupid, Anne. You do not need to be ashamed for your, of your age. You look amazing for your age. You have so many things that you've done in your, you know what I mean? Like I went on through the whole thing. So that was the story. That was what I was going to share with you and why shame is something that we carry into the launches that we put out to the world, especially launches. That's where that, that kind of like thing, kind of the whole shame monster comes back in is during launches. Um, because we think of all, we're trying to like put on a happy face while we're stressed, um, about just getting the launch out and all the pieces delivered and, you know, we want to make sales and all that kind of stuff. So that was the thing. But I don't want to talk about that with you right now. If you want to chat with me about that, great. But I've actually, I realized I've already made peace with that. And I'm already fine with people knowing I don't even care. And you know what? I don't care if they know. I don't care if they don't know. It's all good. Anyways, so today I'm going to share a few guidelines that I think will help you and ones that I live by as I'm creating content and I walk the walk. As you just heard, I decided not to publish that episode. It was pretty long. I mean, I shared some details, <laughs> but it's deleted. It's on the cutting room floor. It is no more. So first things first, I want to just say that when you're creating content, especially if you're a business, you are always in one of these three phases, all right? You are either, it's before a launch, a launch hasn't happened yet, or a launch is about to happen, a launch is happening, or it just happened, okay? We're all in that cycle, right? Especially even if you have ongoing uh, evergreen, always available products, you're going to have promotions. You're going to have bursts of time where you show up and you're doing a little bit more promotion of something. Let's Even if it's behind the scenes, you're like, oh, February is the month where I focus on my selling my chocolate bars or whatever it is, or selling my planners or selling my self-love course. So even if it's not like in when you think of a launch, it doesn't look like that. But when we're in any sort of promotional marketing mode, we're either before the offer, during when we're making the offer, or we're, we just made it and the, and the offer is somehow, in quotes, closed for now. And an offer doesn't necessarily mean your product because your product can be available all the time. And you can also create offers throughout the year that include that product. So let's start with the pre-launch, which is everything kind of leading up to the launch. This can be, this can be six months out. This can be six months before your launch even. But your pre-launch content is there to help people feel comfortable and build trust with you, um, with their problem with themselves that they know, that it helps them build that understanding. And when you understand yourself, you kind of trust yourself to be like, yeah, that's, this is what I need. So it's like that comfortable acknowledgement of the issue. Um, it's also with finding a solution, the solution. And eventually with the support you might be offering or the solution you might be offering. So the important thing during this phase is connection, making sure people feel heard, making sure they feel understood, making sure they can see themselves 
in the problem and they can see themselves. So what kind of content does that mean, right? Does that mean you can just do how-to content? No, (laughs) you cannot. An example of the content that can do this is like sharing mistakes. This is an easy one. Have you ever made this mistake? If so, here's what that looks like. So why is this important to turn around? What is possible when you actually handle this? Here's the story of someone else who made this mistake, but then turn it around by doing this. So there's two things that I just shared in those questions and just kind of little prompts to kind of get you thinking. The actual mistake and then this, and then the, a potential solution is just like a shift in the way that they're thinking about it and an example. So they can see themselves in someone else's experience. Um, and the more that you can do this, the better. Um, the great thing is this kind of mistakes content doesn't shame the person, like the myths, mistakes, oh, this is what you should, this is what you probably believe now, but that's a mistake. Here's the right way to think. No, it does not shame the person. It helps them take something they maybe didn't know they were doing wrong or that they didn't know that, you know, they just had accepted as truth and helps them kind of think about it in a different way, turn it around. And maybe even turn that mistake into an action step. Helping someone shift mindset or gain awareness of themselves on some level is key or where they are at in their own process. So don't be afraid to share the myths or mistakes, but make sure to turn it around as you're sharing it so that it's not their fault, so that is actionable, so they don't focus on the, oh man, I make that mistake, I suck, but they actually are able to turn it around and start fixing it. That's just an example. Of course, also showing other people and stories and examples of, you know, turning things around in action is also important. These can be in the form of case studies. A lot of people do this really well, um, where they will record videos of their of their past customers and clients. But you can share the stories in other ways. You can just recount it yourself. You can actually share it verbally yourself, or you don't even have to say their names because some people do. And the people that I work with often have clients who don't want their names in you know, black and white on someone's sales page. It's like, oh great, I had a problem with things. Some people who, let's say, suffered with like resistance or confidence, they don't want that on a sales page with their with their name. Some won't mind, but there are more personal development and coaching programs that have to really be, be sensitive to that, that people may not want to share their stories with their own name. All right, so let's talk about the actual during the launch content, okay? So my launch content often aims to help people go deeper on their solution. So it's really, it's really got to just be about them. So it's got to be about their, their decision, um, answering their questions, making sure they have all the information to make their decision. Um, that includes just straight up, here's what the thing is about. Here's what this program is about. Here's how long it lasts. Here's how much it costs. Um, here's what you get from me. Here's what outcomes you can expect. But it also includes things like a deadline 
or incentives to take the give them the reason why maybe they'd want to take that action right now. It doesn't mean, oh, if you never, if you don't buy now, that's it. You'll never get this opportunity again. I really don't like that. <laughs> but I know that it has worked. My daughter sees it all the time. She's like, this is the last time they're going to offer those Roblox at this price. And I'm like, uh-huh. Talk to me again next month and tell me that same thing. Um, <laughs> so, but if there's a time when you need to be opening up, so you might be surprised, first of all, that I didn't say sales content because sales content is really more connection. This is where you're giving people all the information. Um, if you notice, when you go to buy something, you probably like to check things out, check some reviews, read the details, check the measurements, check the sizes, check the color, whatever. See other people wearing it if it's a piece of clothing. So <clears throat> that is why like sales content is just information to help them make their decision. And if there's a time when you need to be opening up and sharing what the program is all about, it's here. So this type of content ranges from straight up, just here are the details about the offer. Here's like, here, here are all the bonuses you get. Here's how long you have it. Here's how much. But it's also the frequently asked questions about, you know, is it right for me if I have this type of business? Or if, do you also talk about this topic? Um, if I can't make the live calls, what are my options? Do you have replays? That kind of thing. How long do I have access to the program? So FAQs are important. Testimonials, again, are important um, because they show your offer being used by a real person. Now, if you're just getting started, that might be difficult. And I would just challenge you to give your product to someone, ask them to go through it, now, you're going to definitely have to find someone who wants to go through it. Like sometimes in the beginning, you're going to want people, you're like, I know that person can benefit from my program. I'm going to gift it to them and say, in, in, all I ask is that you give me a, you know, a review, an honest review and answer my, answer my kind of like post-program survey. And you can ask questions that help you then form a testimonial. But you can do that even before the program is available, okay? And there are different types of testimonials you can use. So I would absolutely check out, there's a post that I did, maybe even an episode that I did of like, I wanna say two years ago, it was about different types of social proof. Um, and as long as you're really clear what it is and how you're using it, you can still use it. So for instance, one of those that I mentioned was character, kind of like somebody's like, you know, like in, um, in court, there's like a character witness, somebody who comes in who can be like, yeah, this person's an upstanding citizen, or you know what, they were kind of shady, they were always failing people, <laughs> whatever, like failing people. I was thinking, for some reason, I thought of a teacher. Um, and really, it's someone who can come in and say, I've worked with Anne for years, she always brings this, 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 and this. 
and you can clearly state people who have worked with me in the past as that section heading. So even if the program is new, you can still let other people know what, let your people know what other people's experiences of working with you has been. Um, so two other types of content that you want to also think about for your launch content are addressing deepest concerns. These are universal deep concerns like what if, how do I know if I'm actually ready? Do I, I don't know if I have enough time to do this or some other question. What if this program isn't right for me? Some of the, some of the fears and objections that people have when they're thinking about buying something and buying your thing. And then finally, the we're closing soon, uh, we're open, and we're closing. Those kinds of commercial, like, yep, here's what's happening. So think of your launch content as being a mix of these short, we're open, we're closed, here are the bonuses, here's what's included, and also longer ones that might include, like, here are some of your, here are some of the people who I've worked with in the past. And here's what they've said about this, you know, like where it's a little bit of a longer story, a case study. Okay. Um, all right. So finally my post-launch content and you might be like, well, the launch is over, right? But here's the thing. Yes. We're done selling. Sure. The deadline has passed. Yes. Um, but we need to continue serving even to those people who said yes uh, to not or not yes, not yes meaning no. <laughs> I'll learn. I'll learn how to say things soon. <laughs> I'll I'll learn how to express myself very soon. Um, if you're listening, you're probably laughing at me, but it's okay. Um, so people who said not yet or no thank you, whatever. So there's two things you need to be doing. Two main things. First show gratitude that they showed up, that they listened, that they paid attention, they opened those emails, and also gather information. Um, so the information is, is your chance to say, why didn't you buy? Or um, give them some options. Is it because they needed something different? Is they need, or they're, they're not ready yet? Or they need something more advanced? It's your chance to gather that information. Secondly, it's important now to get back to normal publishing schedule. I said this was a cycle. So now that you're done with the launch, it doesn't mean that it's just like one, two, three, we're done. Now you get back to your normal publishing schedule. Talk about what you're doing now with the people who did take your offer. That's always fun. Like, I don't want to say that it, it triggers, sometimes it will trigger a FOMO. Like, hey, I didn't even know that they were doing that. But it actually ignites a little bit of that desire in people to start paying attention. And maybe the next time that cycle comes around where you're launching again, they'll be ready, right? So you can talk about how you're delivering, what you're doing in that first week, working with people in programs and, you know, what, however you're working with people. I'm going to say in programs and courses. Okay. So now that we've said what we said, I want to share three additional tips just overall, and hopefully this will help you just move forward on your content and have, have something, you know, and you can write, make, make little mantras for yourself as you're doing your content you keep looking at. Okay. So here with, here's what they are. One, cut the content if it doesn't apply to your audience and it's really just 
and is potentially, not really, is potentially just you oversharing. <laughs> oversharing party of one right here. Okay. Next, ask yourself what people need to see through the process. Okay. Ask what your, just ask yourself, what do people need to see right now? What do people need to see when I first introduce this offer? Is there anything else they need to see or understand, or they need to hear from me? And one of my suggestions for this is watch other people you enjoy and actually buy from, and just look at, just start getting really curious and like a detective kind of look and see how are they communicating with you? What are they saying? Do they, do they literally send one email and you're in? Or did you happen to see them showing stuff on Instagram and talking about it maybe on a Facebook Live or something popped up in your email, your, your inbox? Um, or maybe they did a podcast episode and that popped up on your phone. So think about the various things that they did to get you engaged and purchase. And then finally, this bears repeating, this is a cycle. You will be repeating it. And so the sooner you can kind of start kind of dialing in at least one or two types of content that you're going to share, especially in that pre and post phase to keep people engaged. And then the launch content can literally be repeated once you figure that out and figure out what that's going to be. But it's not just like, okay, pre-launch, launch, post-launch, and you're done. No, you're going to have to find a way. You're going to have to. We all have to do this. And it's different for everyone. That's why I'm not giving you all the answers here is that if you can look at what you do as a cycle and you know that every two months you do a launch or promotion, it doesn't have to be like a big giant launch. But if you say, okay, that means four weeks out, I start sharing the, the pre-launch content, and then I have two weeks of launch content, and then I have a week of post-launch content, and then I get back to my normal schedule. And then again, maybe there's a month of just like normal content, and then you get back to the rest. Of, then you keep repeating it and keep repeating it. Um, and each time you do this, especially if you pay attention to that post-launch content, you are reigniting their desire for what you have to offer. So if you would like to learn more about all of this, you know, definitely send me a message. I would love to know. Um, one of the one of the things that I'm working on right now is I've been talking about, I feel like this is all I've been talking about, is um, getting our brand new launch incubator up and running, which is the only place where I provide detailed support, weekly support for an entire year um, and also you get to go through one of the programs that's in that incubator is my messaging really framework and how to work through each of these phases of your launch, come up with that content. And then hopefully it becomes stuff that you can use and reuse it as you improve it over time. So definitely reach out to me. That's, that's, that's one call to action. If you have any questions, uh, you can feel free to DM me over on Instagram. And I even look at those hidden messages, which I usually block because they are not actual people <laughs> or they are, but they're just, I don't know, you know what I'm talking about. And the other option is you can go to ansamoylove.com forward slash 
incubator just to check out what that's all about. And then I have one more link I'm going to put below. It's actually a, I want to say it's a 36 minute and some sen uh, seconds. So it's like a 36 minute little masterclass on ending launch exhaustion. Now, part of this is, is really setting up these systems that you can repeat. And we talk a little bit about that in that masterclass. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to dive deeper, if you want to know more about ending launch exhaustion, make sure to head to that, that link below. And in the meantime, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Thank you for being so patient and so kind uh, to me in DMs and emails. And I know that, you know, when you tease something and then you don't share it, it's an even bigger tease. So by the way, if anybody else out there is 50, uh, let me know. I want to talk to you and how you feel about it. You know, I've seen a lot of really empowered women who are like, I'm 54 and I feel great. And I'm like, really? Um, took me a while. <laughs> so anyways, have a great rest of your week and I will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.